about this new series that we're starting this morning called Moral of the Story. Let me just tell you what we're going to be doing in this series. We're going to be looking at some of the parables that Jesus taught. Now, some of you are saying, what is a parable? Like a pair of bulls? No, no, it's not anything like that. A parable is really, it's kind of a Bible word, but really a parable was just really a story that Jesus would tell to illustrate some incredible spiritual principles. And so there are so many parables that Jesus taught. In fact, this is kind of the way that he taught. A lot of times he would teach in stories because he knew that people related well to these stories. And there are a lot of famous ones some of you have probably heard of before, like the parable of the prodigal son. Anybody ever heard of that one? Or the parable of the good Samaritan, heard of that one, or the parable of the mustard seed, and so many, many different parables. And what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at these stories over this next few weeks and really just trying to draw out what is the moral of the story? What is the real spiritual principle behind each one of these stories that we're going to be looking at? And this morning, we're going to start by looking at one of my favorite of the parables that Jesus taught. In fact, we've taught on this one many, many times here at LifeGate before. And it's going to be difficult for me to really kind of narrow it down to one moral of the story kind of thing because there's so many incredible spiritual principles in this story that we're going to look at today. But we're going to really try to narrow it down to focus and say, what is the one thing that I believe Jesus is wanting to say to us through this story? And we're going to be looking today at what is known as the parable of the talents. So everybody say talents. Parable of the talents. Other uh, more modern translations call it the parable of the three servants. It's found in a couple of different places in the scripture. It's found in the book of Luke chapter 19. It's also found in Matthew chapter 25. And that's where we're going to look at today is the Matthew 25 version. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your LifeGate app or your version app or your notes, or if you just want to follow on the screen, let's just begin to kind of read this parable together and just kind of look down through it and draw out out some of these spiritual principles. And let's begin in Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 14. Jesus says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who calls his servants and entrusts his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. One translation calls that five talents. To another, he gives two bags and another one bag, each according to his own ability. And then he went on his journey. Now, the first thing you got to notice right here, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. You have an assignment. So everybody look at your neighbor, tell him you have an assignment. Look at your other neighbor, tell him you have an assignment too. You have an assignment. Every single one of us, we have a purpose, an assignment, a reason that God has placed us on this planet that just like the master entrusted to his servants bags of gold or talents, God has entrusted to us talents, abilities, resources, money, time. This very life even that we have here on this earth was entrusted to us for a purpose. We have an assignment. All right, now let's just keep reading here in verse number 16. Verse 16 says, and the man who had received five talents went at once, and here's the key, he put his money to work. Everybody say, put your money to work. He put his money to work, and he gained five more talents. See, notice these words, put his money to work. 
to work. You see, this man understood the whole point. He understood what the master was all about. The man with the five talents or the five bags of gold, he understood that the master had entrusted it to him for a purpose, and he understood that the purpose of what the master had given him was for him to put it to work and to gain more. Let me tell you something, guys. The reason that God has placed you on this planet, the reason that God has given you the abilities and the talents and the things that he has gifted you with is so that you can put them to work for the kingdom of God, that you can use them to grow the master's kingdom. You have an assignment. So everybody say, I have an assignment. And here's what I want you to understand is not only do you have an assignment, but you have the talent to do the assignment that the master has given you. Every single one of you, you have talent. Now, some of you are like the guy who has five talents. And, man, you got incredible talent. You can do all kinds of stuff and all that. And we all just look at you and we just go, man, you make me sick. You know what I'm saying? And then some of you are a little more like me. And you're a little more like the guy in the story that he only had one talent. Come on, you know who you are, right? And you barely have that one. But here's what I want you to understand is that everybody in the story got something. And the truth of the matter is, every single one of us have something that the master has entrusted to our lives to use for his kingdom and for his glory. And we may have multiple talents, we may have great resources, we may have lots of money, we may have lots of time, or we may only have one talent, but all of us have something that God has entrusted to us to use here in this life. Let's continue to read here, verse number 16. It says, the man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the man with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Verse 19. And after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. If you're writing notes, this is what you got to take down. The second thing is this. You have an appointment. You have an appointment. Every one of us. And it's an appointment that many of us, we would like to skip. Many of us would like to prolong. Many of us would like to say, I don't ever want to make that appointment. But the fact of the matter is, it's not an appointment you can skip. Every one of us have it. Every one of us will face it. We have a destiny. Every person in this place has a date with death. Don't you just feel encouraged today? Like, you're like, man, this is Valentine's Day. I wanted, like, a nice, encouraging love message, like, maybe about dates, but not about dates with death, right? And yet, here's the deal, all right? Every single one of us has a date. We have an appointment, an appointment with death. Last I checked, the mortality rate is still 100%. Every one of us, you're going to face it at one point or another. In fact, it reminds me of this little story that I heard about these just old elderly kind of couple who were actually in really good health because they had really made good choices in nutrition and the way they ate and they took care of their bodies and stuff. But then one day they were in the car and they just had a, they had a car accident and they both died and they went to heaven. And so when they got to heaven, St. Peter meets them at the pearly gates and he says, come on in, let me show you around your new place. And so he takes them to their mansion and he goes, guys, this is where you're going to live. And he shows them, man, they got a jacuzzi 
jacuzzi and they got a swimming pool and they got these big old high arch ceilings. And I mean, this incredible, beautiful, like mansion that's just unbelievable with maid service and everything. And the guy looks at, at Peter and goes, oh man, this is awesome. How much is this going to cost me? And Peter goes, well, hey, you're in heaven. It's all free. So the guy's like, man, that is pretty awesome. So then Peter takes him out to the backside of the house, and it's overlooking this incredible golf course. I mean, Augusta National type of golf course, right? And he looks out there, and he's like, man, this golf course, you can use it anytime you want. You have playing privileges. Not only that, but this is heaven, and God can do miracles. And every single week, it changes to a different golf course that was one of the most beautiful golf courses in the world. And you have playing privileges here and the guy was like man that's loud that's really awesome how much is that gonna cost me and peter goes it's heaven it's all free and the man's like man yeah this is awesome right and then peter takes him down to the cafeteria or to the restaurant of the clubhouse and they get there and i mean when you get there this buffet of all of these any kind of food that you could want all the different cuisines of the world cooked by some of the some of the master chefs of the world that had gone on already to heaven and it is i mean just incredible and the guy looks at peter and says all this food how much is this going to cost me and peter goes it's heaven it's all free and then the guy looks at peter and goes what about the calories and the cholesterol and what about the fat and what about the gluten and all that kind of stuff and Peter goes this is heaven none of that stuff counts and the man looked at his wife and goes honey if it wasn't for all those bran muffins I could have been here 10 years ago (laughs) how many know the truth of the matter is one day we're going to stand before God And it don't matter how many bran muffins you eat. It doesn't matter how much you try to prolong it or how much you try to delay it. The fact of the matter is you have an appointment. And one day you're going to stand before God and you're going to give account. In fact, this is what the scripture says in Hebrews 9 and verse 27. It says, people are destined once to die. Everybody say, once to die. And after that to what? To face the judgments. The scripture says that we have an appointment. One day we're going to stand before God. One day this life is going to end and we're going to stand before the master and we are going to give an account. There is going to be an audit. There will be a report for how did we live our lives. This is what we see in the scripture in verse number 19. It says, after a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. I want you to notice those words right there, after a long time. See, I think this is where we kind of get lured in a little bit sometimes. This is where we kind of wind up with the false sense of security that sometimes we recognize that, yes, I have an assignment, something that God wants me to do with what he has entrusted to me. And yes, there will be an accountability that one one day I'm going to stand before God and give an account for what I did. But so many times we fall into this false sense of security that I still have plenty of time. Like, you know, I know that one day I'm going to do something for God. I know that, you know, one day I'm going to volunteer to help teach the life kids. Or one day I'm going to start tithing. Or one day I'm going to invite my friends to church. Or one day I'm going to step up and do something with the life that God has given me. But I still have time, and so I don't have to do it today. One day I'll do it, but there's still plenty of time. And eventually one of these days I'll step up and make something out of this life that God has given me. 
And I think about this man in this story, the man with the one talent. I, I imagine that, that maybe there were times when he thought the very same thing. Maybe he even thought, you know, one day I'll go and I'll get that, that bag of gold out of the ground and I'll, and I'll dig it up and I'll do something with it. But not really right now. I've got other things going on right now. And one day I know that I'm supposed to do something with what the master gave me, but I really don't have time to do it right now. And so one day I'll do it. But the one day was not, one day it finally came and the man ran out of time and he had to stay before the master and give an account for what he had done with what the master entrusted to him. Let's keep reading. Verse number 20. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of gold came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The two men who did something with with what the master had given them, they received incredible reward. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with the small things. And here's what I want you to understand today is is that if you will be faithful with even the little things that God has given you, then God can trust you with incredible things in your life. But if you're not being faithful with even the small things that God has entrusted to you, how can you ever expect God to bless you with more? And so many of us, we look at our lives and we go, man, I wish that I had a better car. But we don't take care of the car that God has already given us. Come on. I wish that I had a better job. But we don't work real hard at the job that we already have. I wish I had a nicer house. But we don't take care of the house that we have. And here's the, here's the principle today that if we're, not, if we're not faithful with the things that God has already given to us then how can he trust us to give us more? The man who had five and the man who had two turned it into something else and, and they, were, they were rewarded for what they had done with what the master had given them. But something very different happens for the man who buried his gold. Look what it says in verse number 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you did not scatter seeds. And so I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gather where I have not gathered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back in entrance in interest. Verse 28. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has been given more. They will also have in abundance and whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw this worthless servant outside into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Man, that's some scary stuff right there. I mean, those are some harsh words that that one day we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for what we did with this life that God entrusted to us. The gifts, the talents, the resources, the time, the money, the abilities, the things that God has entrusted to our lives. That one day we will stand before the master and we will give an account for what we did with what God put into our lives. And on that day, it's either going to be well done good and faithful servant or it's going to be you wicked and lazy servant it's either going to become and share in the master's happiness or it's going to be throw you out into outer darkness and there is no in between that's scary 
That's a scary thought today that one day I'm going to stand before God. And I'm going to give an account for what did I do with the life, the very breath that God gave me. And really that brings me down to the moral of the story. If, you, if, you're, gonna, if you're just going to boil this whole story down to one line, one moral, the moral of the story is simply this. If you're taking notes, write this down. The biggest risk is not risking. That's the moral of the story. The biggest risk is to not take a risk. In fact, if you look at this story, you see the man who had five. What did he do? He risked what he had. By faith, he stepped out and used what the master had given him, and it turned into five more. And the man who had two, he took the risk. He lived by faith. He did something with what the master had given him, and he made, he made two more. But the man who had one, he decided to play it safe. And it was the man who didn't risk who wound up becoming the one who lost it all. And the truth of the matter is, in our lives, the biggest risk is to not risk. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. Bottom line for this whole message here today. You cannot play it safe and please God. You can't. See, so many of us, this is how we want to live our lives. We want to live our lives in the safety zone. We want to live our lives in the comfort zone. We want to live our lives in a way that we just seem to kind of protect ourselves from any pain or any struggle or any problems or any risk or anything that might be difficult for us to manage or for us to handle. But the scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says that without faith, it is what? Look at that word right there. Everybody say it out loud. It is impossible. It is impossible to please God. If we don't take the risk, if we don't live by faith, if we bury the talents and the life and the resources and the things that God has entrusted to us, we cannot please God. The truth of the matter is, is that God has entrusted things to you and he expects you to do something with it. In fact, we see this same theme throughout all of the scripture that that God would challenge people to be a person or to be people who live by faith. We see it in Abraham where God says, I want you to leave your home and leave your country and leave the things you know and I want you to go to a land. I'm not even going to tell you where it is or what it's called. I'm just going to guide you there and you're just going to follow me and you're going to live by faith and this is what I am calling you to do. We see it with we see it with Moses where God says, I want you to go to Pharaoh and stand before the king of this incredible nation and tell them to let my people go. We see it with people like David when God says, I want you to take five stones and a slingshot and I want you to face a big old nine foot tall Goliath that no one has been able to defeat, but I want you to take what I've given you and put in your hands. I want you to do something with it. We see it with Peter whenever God, whenever Jesus says, hey, get up out of the boat and get on the water. Nobody's ever walked on the water, but get out of the boat and get on the water and walk out to me. And over and over and over throughout the scripture, we see this same theme over over and over and over, that God calls us to take a risk, that God calls us to live by faith, that God calls us to take what we have and to use it for his kingdom. So let's talk about this for just a second. If this is true, and if we know that we have an appointment, and we know that we have an assignment, and we know that God is expecting, the master is expecting us to do something with what he has entrusted to us, then why don't we do it? I mean, think about it. Think about the man in the story. He knew. In fact, it says right there in the story. You go back and read it. He knew that the master had high expectations. 
He knew that the master was going to one day call him into account for what he did with what the master had entrusted to him. So if he knew that he had an assignment and he knew that he had an appointment, then why didn't he do anything with it? Why did he go out into the backyard and bury the talent in the ground? And I looked over this whole story and I studied it and I could only find really one reason. And the one reason is the same reason for him as it is for so many of us. And that one reason is a four-letter word, and it's this word, fear. Everybody look at your neighbor and say fear. Fear. What's the one thing that holds us back from accomplishing what God places on this earth to accomplish? What's the one thing that keeps us from, from stepping out into faith? What's the one thing that keeps us from fulfilling God's purpose for our life? It's one thing, fear. In fact, we see it right here in verse number 25 of of our text. It says, And then the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So look what it says right here in verse 25, the key to the whole thing. So I was afraid. I was afraid. I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Three little words. I was afraid. The man wasted his life because of fear. And so many of us waste, waste our life. We waste the talents, the abilities. We waste the time, the treasure. We, we waste the things that God has placed into our lives for one little reason, the same reason as it was for the man in the story, fear. Why was the guy afraid? What was he afraid of? Well, I think he was afraid of some of the same things that you and I are afraid of today. In fact, if you're taking notes, just write these down, letter A. I think that he was afraid of loss, the fear of loss. Well, what if I do something with this talent, and then what if, I, what if I lose it? And so many of us, that's exactly how we live our lives. We live our lives in this protection mode. I don't want to lose what I have. And we have this tendency to just kind of live in safe mode, to just kind of live in this protection mode, to somehow kind of keep a hold of what we have. And some of us, God puts something in our hearts, and God says, I want you to do something for me. But we've kind of gotten used to this way of life that we live in, and we're kind of comfortable in this way of life. And so we're afraid of losing the way of life that we have. And so instead of stepping out in faith, we begin to live in this fear, this fear that I might lose. Well, you know, I'd like to volunteer to help in life kids and to help with the three services that are starting, but then I might lose my Sunday mornings, right? Come on, right? I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to open up my home, be a life group host, but then I might, I might lose my nice, comfortable Wednesday nights. Or, you know, I know I'm supposed to be a tither and I'm supposed to be a giver, but if I do that, then I might lose some money that I was trying to save for vacation. And we get ourselves in this, in this protection mode that we go, I like my life the way that it is, and I don't really want to step out of the way my life is right now because I want, I want to keep my life the way it is. And if I step out in faith, I might lose lose something that is precious and important to me. Come on. I felt this same I felt this same thing as we've been stepping into this new season of our church beginning a third worship service on Easter and thinking about wait wait a second. We're doing two services and it's already going good. And, and everybody's, everybody's coming, and we're having to carry in chairs, and that's awesome. And what if we step out in faith to do more with what God has entrusted to us, and then what if everything falls apart? Come on. How many know it's a real feeling? It's a fear, the fear of loss. What if I try something for God, and then what if I, what if I lose out, and we, we try to protect ourselves? And, and here's what you got to understand. 
The only person in the story that protected what he had was the only person in the story who lost what he had. And the more we protect, the more we lose. You see, that's, that's the moral of the story here. Not risking is the biggest risk. And here's what we have to understand is that when God calls us to step out in faith and to live by faith, when he calls us to take those risks with what he has given us, the truth of the matter is we just have to remember whose it was in the first place. If you, if you bring your finances or your time or your talent or your ability, really it wasn't yours anyway. It was given to you by the master. So if you lose it, you hadn't lost something that was yours anyway. It was all his to begin with. Come on. I'm preaching good today. Somebody ought to say amen. The fear of loss. Let her be. Write this down. This is a big one for a lot of us. The fear of failure. What if I try and I fail? Like what if I what if I want to do something and, and I try to do it but then I fail? I mean, think about this, think about this man in the story, all right? One guy gets five talents, the other guy gets two talents. Imagine how the guy with one talent must have felt. He probably felt a little insecure. He probably felt a little inferior. In fact, it said right in the story that the master gave them the talents based upon the ability that they had. So he may have, had, he may have been this person that felt very insecure about who he was and what he could do. And so possibly the reason that he buried his talent was he was thinking, what if I try something and I'm obviously not good enough. The master only gave me one. And so what if I try to do something with one and then I lose the one that I have? And what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? And that's the fear that so many of us have. Even now as I'm talking, some of you, God is speaking to your heart and saying, I'm calling you to step out in faith. I'm calling you to begin a ministry. I'm calling you to serve in the church. I'm calling you to, to whatever, to invite a friend to church. And all of these things that God, would, that God would call us to step out in faith to do. And yet so many of us, we have this inferiority complex, this insecurity inside of us that says, but what if I try and fail? What if I start a life group and nobody comes? Or what if I try out for the worship team and... I don't make it because I'm not good enough. And what if, what if I'm not going to be good enough? And God says, I just want you to do something with what I have given you. And there's this fear, this fear of failure. And here's what we got to understand when it really right, it comes right down to it. Failure is not the end of the world. Everybody look at your neighbor and just tell them, failure is not the end of the world. Look at your other neighbor and tell them, you will fail. <laughs> I know that's not, that's not good news today, but it's really freeing, isn't it? To realize that, hey, sometimes we're just going to fail. What is, I mean, what does the scripture say? All have sinned and what? Fall short. There's not a single one of us that is perfect. And so what we have to understand is failure is not the end. And, and here's the real failure is when we fail to try. In fact, I, I like what this quote that I came across as I was reading this week. Ralph Waldo Emerson says, What we fear doing the most is usually what we need to do the most. And some of you are here right now and you have this thing that you're afraid that I might lose or that I might be a failure, that I might not be able to do it. And maybe it's the very thing that you have the most fear of that is actually the thing that God would say, that's what you need to do the most. The fear, the fear of loss, the fear of failure. Let her see, write this one down, the fear of commitment. Oh, this is a tough one. Because this is where a lot of us are. You see, we'd like to do something for God, but we just don't want to commit. Right? Like, I, I want to keep all my options open, right? And, and what we know is we know that doing something with our life and, and using our life and our talents, our gifts for God, here's what we know. We know that it takes work. 
And it takes dedication. And it's going to be difficult. And so here's, here's what we're afraid of. We're afraid of hard work. We're afraid of being dedicated. We're afraid of being committed. We, we want to be able to just kind of, hey, I'll come whenever I feel like it, but I don't really feel like it today, so I don't have to. And so we're afraid of the commitment that comes along with saying, I'll do something for the master. In fact, this was the problem with the man with one talent. You may say, well, pastor, how do you know that was the problem? He didn't say anything about commitment or whatever. Well, I know that was the problem because of what the master said to him when he came back and didn't do anything with the one that he had. In verse number 26, this is what he said. He said, you wicked, and look at this word, lazy servants. The master called out in him the biggest fear of his life. The biggest fear was the fear of commitment. And so many of us, this is exactly the fear zone that we live in. We live in this place where we go, I know that God wants me to do something great for God, but there's this fear of what if I commit, and then I'm committed to it, and then I really have to actually do something about it. And that's the reason that we don't want to tell anybody about what God is saying to us, because then we might have to actually follow through and might actually have to be held accountable for those things. And there's this fear of of this commitment and deep down inside we're just really kind of lazy and we make excuses right all kinds of excuses let me tell you something about excuses you ready for this excuses are like armpits everybody has them and they all stink you know i mean i'm just telling you and so many of us this is what we do we're, we're really good at making excuses but god you know i, I would have done something for you but you know but god i was i was too busy God, I would have done something with my life, but, you know, God, I was, you know, I was raising small children, or they had soccer games on the weekend, or I was really working hard at my job to try to get that promotion, or, you know, hey, one of these days when we get the house paid off, then we'll start tithing, and all of these excuses, but let me just tell you something, when you stand before God on that day, none of those excuses are going to measure up, as we stand before the one who laid down his life for us, who gave everything to and for us. When we stand before him on that day, God, I was too busy, or God, I didn't feel good, or God, I was trying to make more money. None of those things are really going to add up to anything. The fact of the matter is God is calling some of you to step out of your comfort zone, to step out of of your fear zone today and begin to live Begin to live this life that God has created you on this planet to live. And some of you, some of you would say, but that's a big risk. And that's going to take a lot of faith. And that's going to be a difficult thing for me to do. And here's the thing. The thing that you're most afraid of might be the thing that God is saying. That's what I want you to do. Because when you step out in those things that you're the most afraid of and the things that you don't know, will I fail or will I lose or, or all of those kind of things, it's in those moments of weakness that God can be the strongest in our lives. And some of you, man, you're just trying to live just a nice, safe, easy Christian life. And there's no such thing as a nice, safe, easy Christian life. Well, let's just kind of just slide on into heaven. But we don't slide on into heaven. If we stand before God on that day, if we want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's going to mean we're going to have to be able to stand before him saying, God, I took the one and only life that you gave me. I took, I took what you placed in my hands, 
and I used it to the best of my ability. Yes, I may have lost some. Hey, you think about those guys that had five and turned it into five more, and the guy who had two and turned it into two more. The story doesn't go into detail, but I guarantee there were some failures in there. I guarantee there were some times when they tried something and they risked something and they didn't make it, and they were like, oh, man, we lost one of the talents. But then they took the other, and they put the other to work, and they worked it all together. And by the end, on the day when the master returned, they were able to say, here's what you gave me and here's what I did with it. And I believe on that day, even if the guy with five would have only brought two more or one more or three more, that the master still would have said, you did something. You attempted something for me. You lived by faith and you didn't say, I can't risk it. I don't want to do it. You said, I'm going to do everything that I can with what God has entrusted to me. And there will be some failures along the way. And there will be some struggles and some problems and some difficulties along the way. But all along the way, God will be helping you. He'll be walking with you, talking with you, strengthening you, using you in incredible ways. So that one day you can stand before God. You can hear him say those words. Well done. Good. and Faithful servants. Been faithful with a few things now. Now let me, let me make you ruler over many things. Come and share in your master's house.